Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. Muckleshoot Casino is your destination for more than 3,000 gaming machines, action-packed table games, and the largest smoke-free area in the state, plus a newly remodeled casino floor and new center bar. Use your player's club card to earn points for free play, meals, or cash back. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Visit us online to learn more about our safety measures. Horse Racing Northwest charged up for our two days of racing at Emerald Downs this September 30th and October 1st, Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday at 2 p.m., Thursday at 5 p.m., and a big stakes day on Thursday. Joe Whitley, Vince Prune, and Wes Petrie here on Horse Racing Northwest. Vince, uh, looking forward to the week for sure. Yes, sir. Fifth, week 15 of our 38-day season and nine races on Wednesday, and as you mentioned, Joe, 11 on Thursday, stakes triple header, $75,000 Gottstein, $40,000 Muckleshoot Tribal Classic, $40,000 Washington Cup, Philly, and Mayor Distaff. Yeah, the season-ending honors on the line coming up this week, uh, and we've got some great angles and uh, races to handicap. Owner Tim Floyd's going to join us. He's going to be busy this week with his charges in there, a little less talk a sensational winner of our Emerald Distaff on Mile Day, September 10th. And he's got my utter mama's a paint in the Gottstein. Uh, Discreet Demon also in the Washington Cup failure mare race. So Tim Floyd's going to join us. So is owner Jeff Lusk. And, you know, the Lusks were owner of owners of Gold Crusher, Jeff along with his father, Gary, they lost him in a $25,000 claim last year as a juvenile. This year, they've got Papa's Golden Boy, Vince. Yeah, that's one of the subplots of the uh, Muckleshoot uh, Tribal Classic. Really evenly matched six-horse field. You got the full brothers, yeah. One four-year-old, Papa's Golden Boy, and the three-year-old, Gold Crusher. They're among the contenders. In fact, I had a heck of a time doing the line on that one. You could make a case for every horse in that race, Joe. Yeah, Unmatchables coming back in seven days for trainer Jack McCartney. Of course, he won that 
first race allowance here at Emerald Downs over the wet track last week. And we're going to have a beautiful two days of weather this week at Emerald Downs. And you've talked to Jack McCartney. He said that horse is uh, raring to go. Yeah, he said, uh, you know, they didn't really. And we had him on last week, Joe, mm-hmm. on the show. And he said, you know, they planned to put him away for the season after the win. But he said the horse came out of the race kicking and squealing. And he, he talked to his owner, Tanya Elis, and said, we might have to reevaluate the situation. And uh, he's in there. And, you know, he's he's got a shot. Yeah. Oh, certainly. What a good horse. Unmatchable. Uh, never out of the top three in his career. He's got a stake win, the Seattle Slough at Emerald Downs this year. Second in our Muckleshoot Derby, winner of that allowance. And you and I commented after that allowance win. It was a short field. It was in the mud. And those are not easy races for confirmed stretch runners to win. That's right, because the, they have to kind of make the race themselves. That kind of everything has to kind of fall in place, or they have to create something. And he has proved he's kind of handy to to win that race and win it pretty impressively. So yeah, he is a really really a nice horse, and he does things. He he can route. He can win off on off tracks. Um, he wins off the pace, and uh, he seems to be getting better. Yeah, he got up over hard to deny, who led uh, all the way until the final uh, 100 yards and unmatchable. You said you have to create. Javier Matias had to, to go when it was time. And, yeah, just a tough race for a closer to win, a big favorite. Those uh, shorter fields can have uh, false paces. And, uh, anyway, yeah, unmatchable, one of the ones. And if three-year-olds in the Washington Cup Classic, or the, which used to be the Washington Cup Classic, now the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic, of course, for many years. Uh, we've never had a three-year-old win that race. Echo Man ran in the first one way back in 2003. So uh, Unmatchable could make a little history there. Yeah, and of course, many years we had the three-year-old of course. races too. So Every uh, year. Every year. 2003 yeah. to 2019. But that is part of the intrigue this year. You got a couple of real nice three-year-olds, Gold Crusher and Unmatchable, taking on older horses. You bet. Okay, well, we'll talk with Tim Floyd and Jeff Lusk on our show. Uh, the Preakness is this Saturday. October 3rd, yeah, October just around the corner, in fact, October 1st, Thursday. The Preakness on Saturday, Emerald Downs will open at 8 a.m. In fact, uh, we'll open a little earlier than that because the first Pimlico race is at 8 a.m. on on, uh, Saturday, October 3rd. The Preakness is race 11, goes at 2.30, Emerald Downs time. So we will have advance wagering on the entire Preakness card on Friday if you want to do that. We had so many people on Kentucky Derby Day uh, park for free, walk up to the main entrance and make their wagers outside and go home and watch. And I'm sure that'll be the case again on Saturday. And you, we were talking briefly before, Joe, this Preakness is shaping up to be a pretty interesting race. Oh, darn right. Uh, Art Collector's back in. Art Collector is four for four as a three-year-old. He beat Swiss Skydiver in the bluegrass at Keeneland in July, and the sensational Philly Swiss Skydiver is in the Preakness. Uh, She drew the four post. Art Collector drew the three. Uh, Swiss Skydiver has four wins, and most recently she was beaten in the upset win by She Dares the Devil in the Kentucky Oaks, but ran huge, beating Gamine, Baffert's mm-hmm. horse. And, of course, the Kentucky Derby winner, Authentic, is in there as well. Interesting stat. Bob Baffert is 5-for-5 five five with horses that won the Derby going into the wow. Preakness, have them winning the Preakness. Of is course, it? a little different this year. Usually it used to be wheel back in two weeks. So That is really something. That okay. is. So the Preakness on Saturday, and uh, Emerald Downs will be ready 
for some Triple Crown action. And, of course, live racing Wednesday and Thursday. No fans allowed at Emerald Downs, of course. Uh, uh, but we are open for full-card simulcasting Wednesday through Sunday. And that'll be on track level. Just get your temperature taken, uh, get your face covering, and enjoy racing from around the country. And, of course, you can catch Emerald Downs on the TV monitor. And here's some of the excitement from uh, owners who are allowed to come in for their race only on track apron. So, okay, we've got two Washington Cup races and the Gottstein on Thursday. Uh, last week at the track, uh, we had a four-time winner breakthrough. Omachi Kid, yeah. yeah, dropping a bit in class, and he is really, he, I think he, didn't he win opening day? And he, he, he has just kept right on going. I think we got six horses with three wins. So the claimer of the meet, which we'll be deciding here in about a month, is going to be, as usual, pretty pretty tight contest. Yeah, we have actually, counting this week, we have five two-day weeks of racing remaining. So you bet. Plenty of racing remaining here at Emerald Downs this year. Lawan was uh, one of those three-time winners. He has really been good, and hasn't he, he? Yeah, he's now won three races each of the last two years here. He is, uh, as they say, hickory on the racetrack. He just fires every time. He's fast. He can, he can make the lead. He can come off the pace, and he doesn't want to let horses buy him. So he's double tough. That was Candy Kreiderman's 100th career win at Emerald Downs when Lawan won the feature. So congratulations to her. John Parker and the Pimentels, the co-owners of that nice horse. He really is. And he got a really nice setup. Uh, not that he needs one because he can make the lead himself very easily, but uh, so lucky and Capital Expense went out there and hooked and he was laying perfectly. They sure did. And Capital Expense had to kind of, <laughs> excuse me, rush up. And then he really hooked so lucky. And those two went at it. And you're just, Lawan had the perfect trail there. And he's too, too good a horse not to take advantage of a trip like that. Yeah, so uh, real fast fractions. Uh, some good racing last week at Emerald Downs. Uh, Fuzzy Dolphin uh, won for the first time since his two-year-old season. He's been sneakily uh, yes. getting better. Sergio Perez, I believe, is the trainer now. That was his first career win as a trainer at Emerald Downs. Congratulations nice. to him. Fuzzy Dolphin is really uh, running. He's running every two weeks, and he's firing bullets, Joe, every time out there. Beat a good field for 15,000 claiming there. It was uh, one of those multi-race finishes, but Fuzzy Dolphin won at four-year-old son of Harbor the Gold. And uh, also, Leslie Mawing, welcome back to him. He had some nice rides, especially on Thursday. He did. He hooked up with uh, Bob Meeking for a two-year-old win on Emerald Sea, and he doubled, and uh, he, uh, he knows his way around this racetrack pretty well, Joe. He does. Uh, number four all-time in wins, number four all-time in stakes wins as well. So uh, last week, a real eventful week, we had, uh, it was a wet week of weather, but no problem with the racetrack. We did really well out there, and we're going to have a beautiful, again, week of weather this week. We did have a big pick five pool on uh, Thursday after a carryover from Wednesday. A lot of 10-to-1 winners last week here at the track. Mm -hmm. So we had it 169-101 in the pick five pool on Thursday. That was the fourth best of all time. And I'm looking at the list here. Six of the top 10 handles in the pick five have been this year in a great year of wagering handle across North America for Emerald Downs. It has been. And I I thought going in last week, it was pretty tough. There were some three to one and seven to two morning line favorites. And it it sure played out that way. And uh, a lot of fun when, when, 10 to 1 shots are live in races. Yeah, indeed. Okay, well, uh, so we are going to have some stats and facts later. We'll have our trivia question. We'll have some picks. 
but we're going to do a couple guests on our Horse Racing Northwest podcast of this week 15 at Emerald Downs. So we'll take a short break and come back with owner Tim Floyd in a moment here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void or prohibited. National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. Horse Racing Northwest continues, and uh, yeah, the Gottstein, not part of the Washington Cup, but uh, all, always several Washington breads involved in that race, and that has a pretty special horse in it. It does. This year we've got Dutton, two for two, wins of 14 and nine lengths at six and a half, and then shortening to six. Now going a mile and 16th through the one hole, and even money on the morning line. That will be really interesting, Joe, to watch Dutton. He has, he has been spectacular. He has, with the ease that he has sprinted away early from his foes, has been incredible, and uh, he hasn't been stopping late. Of course, the two-turn thing, I mean, I guess you could compare him a little bit to So Lucky back in 2016, and he got hooked uh, heavily in the Godstein. He did, and I, I asked Howard Belvoir about that the other day. I said, is is Dutton, a, do you think, a better horse than So Lucky? And he said, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so well, that's you know, saying and, something. Yeah, and so lucky, of course. Yeah, he ended up running second in the Gottstein, so yeah. he ran fine. The Philly Blazing Beauty beat him that year. Let's go to our Horse Racing Northwest phone lines and uh, owner Tim Floyd joining us. And uh, Tim, heavily involved in Washington racing and breeding, uh, just a big part of this industry. Tim, good to have you on. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Hi, Tim. Tim, good to have you. Yeah, uh, a little less talk. Let's start off with her. She's the favorite for the uh, Washington Cup uh, Philly and Mare race, and uh, she is just a superstar. Uh, boy, when did you get an inkling on her uh, ability? Because I think she uh, won a maiden claimer in her career. Yeah, you know, we actually, the day her first out as a three-year-old Philly, uh, we ran her in a non two fifteen thousand, and we actually had a second horse in the race uh, named Bella Magic, and Bella Magic was claimed from us. Hmm. And I think back to that day and think, oh my God, we could have lost the other one, you know. And I think Bella Magic actually is running the same day uh, on Thursday, so we got lucky and snuck snuck it by, and. Uh, after that, she decided she wanted to be a racehorse. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, I think uh, Rodina Barrett, your trainer, was on with us a couple weeks ago, and Vince and I just marvel at a uh, little less talk. The perfect racehorse. Uh, tactical speed, outstanding speed, uh, ability to go two turns, and the, the heart and the desire she has to perform. Uh, Tim, you just can't put it in a horse any better than what she has. 
Well, and I think you you remember, Joe, that her sire, Demon Warlock, was exactly the same. You know, he won yep. at five, five furlongs on the turf horse at Bay Meadows and then stretched out to a mile and a sixteenth uh, in the Muckleshoot. And distance didn't seem to matter. They they can sprint and they can route. And she is like his clone. She is. Yeah. Demon Warlock, a tremendous win. He was a heavy favorite in the first uh, or the 2003 Muckleshoot Tribal Classic. Uh, because he had run a fantastic second in a huge field, a real competitive field in the mile, second to a dream is born that year, and uh, just other great wins, California and Emerald Downs, and running fast, and uh, shoot, uh, that long shot came to him, Chuck Potter's horse, I can't think of the name right now, but uh, and he had a response, and he's had a response other races, he didn't lose many photos, Demon Warlock, uh, you've got to be proud of him. He got off to maybe a little bit of a slow start as a sire, Tim, but he has proven himself. Yeah, it, you know, it's been pretty sad, actually. He's he's had 10 full crops and just, uh, you know, 40 horses make it to the track, but 28 of them have won. So he's, you know, got 70% winners, and he's got a high percentage of stakes horses. And uh, I've recently been learning quite a bit of stuff about his lineage that I wish I would have known when we first stood him because... Uh, I now see why he's got some pretty nice horses out there. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, and actually, that was the 2004 uh, Muckleshoot Tribal Classic, Demon Warlock, second in the mile that year, and Dark Intent was the 44-1 to one that made a big move at him, but Demon Warlock said no right by the wire, and a little less talk says no often to anybody that tries to pass her in the stretch. Vince, uh, we've just marveled at her the last we couple have, of years. and she's small in stature, but big in heart, and... Tim, I'm going to get on my soapbox here a little bit, and I, you know, I, I, I don't try to judge the quality racehorse too much on the buyer speed figures, but I think yeah. you know those figures with her have been a little low. I thought that what did she get a 73 in the distaff, you yep. know? And if you watch the run, I mean, the raw time isn't always everything in the race, and she ran. She can't. She couldn't have run any better than that. So I was a little disappointed with that number. Yeah, I know. I was disappointed with that number and even last year's Kent because. Both of those stakes races, she set stakes records and beat really mm. quality fillies in Mucho Amor, you know, and the uh, and the Killarney Lass, of course. And, you know, Killarney Lass has seen buyers in the 80s. Mucho Amor has seen buyers in the 80s. And they keep giving a little less talk when she wins buyers in the 70s. So she's not quite getting the respect, but we'll just keep winning and uh, yeah. we'll move forward. That'll get the respect. Yeah. Yeah. She has been sensational. She's going to be a heavy favorite on Thursday in the Washington cup, Philly and mayor race at a mile at a 16th and a little less talk winner of our, our winner of our Emerald distaff over Killarney Lass, who had beaten her for the first time in the Boeing, and of course, uh, you have uh, no, you've got a nice record against the sensational Killarney last. When she puts up a big race, she's hard to beat, but she put up her A game there in the distaff, and a little less talk beat her. She did. She beat her on the square, came up inside, and ended up actually winning pretty easy when it was all said and done. Tim, have you had a, a chance to, to look at the race on paper at all a little bit, the walk up Philly and Mirror uh, uh, on yeah. race on yeah. Thursday? I, I, I try not to get too overconfident because on paper she looks, you know, quite a bit the best. Um, she looks like one of the few in the race that even can go a mile in the 16th or really prefer to go that far. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's more in there that 
you know, maybe a mile might be the top distance, but I don't, I don't think she cares what the distance is. I mean, she went a mile and an eighth in the Derby against the boys last year. And, uh, I think she's, you know, it would be a really disappointing race to lose on, on paper. Sure. To put that. Yeah. Well, again, she's got it all as a racehorse and, uh, as a handicapper looking for a price play once in a while, I would just say, She's giving weight from four to seven pounds to her foes going a mile and a sixteenth. There's a there's a little bit of ray of hope for a price off the weight angle, but uh, when you figure in everything else, I'm certainly not going to pick on top against her. She's uh, really a favorite of uh, just uh, I just marvel at her and uh, so. But there is the weight thing and and her being a little yeah. smaller stature. Yeah, I think that makes a little bit of sense, Joe, but I, th- I agree with Tim. And, and the, the key, like you said, Joe, is she can kind of, uh, that tactical speed of hers is just a fabulous weapon. Yeah. Tim, got, go ahead. That's for sure. She has a very high cruising rate. You know, the last mile in the 16th race, they were 9-1 and one at the 6 furlong mark, and, you know, and she keeps going. And I don't think anybody can, in that race can go 9-1 and one and keep going. It's... Um, yeah, no, she is, uh, uh, you'd have to say she's better at four than she was at three, and she was awful, awful good last year. A little less talk, the top name in the Emerald Washington Cup Philly and Mare race on Thursday, and uh, the Gottstein Futurity, uh, Tim Floyd has some action as well. Uh, Second-time starter, my utter mama's a paint, nicknamed Baby Haynes, Tim, you is that the first book you wrote? You were an author uh, because of this horse. Yeah, that's the first and only one so far. But, if, you know, if he wins the Gottstein, we might have to write a second one. <laughs> uh, great story. He's had one start. And, by the way, to remind uh, everybody, uh, last year's Gottstein was won by Race Home over Unmatchable. They were both second-time starters in Good that point. race. Yep. So, uh, anyway, tell us about my other, uh, mama's a paint a little bit, uh, uh, his, uh, life growing up. Well, he's always, he's always kind of been a clown. And, uh, some of our best racehorses have always been the ones that are goofy, that are playing with the ball in their mouth or a string or a piece of twine. Um, but he's, he's got the handicap and angles that I like to see in a racehorse because in his debut, Joe, you guys probably saw it. Mm. It's a big 11-horse field. He had to stand in the gate a long time. Uh, and then when the gate did open, he was caught a little flat-footed and only beat one out of the gate. Um, and then heading into the turn, uh, uh, he didn't have too many choices, but Juan ran him up into a wall of horses where he was checked uh, and lost all of his momentum. And then to see him re-rally around the outside to come on for third, um, with his, and he's a big, big, big horse when you if you go back and look at the replay when he walks into the gate he's probably a full hand taller than anybody in that race wow and he's got a giant stride and he's just got a lot of angles that i like to see uh he showed the try he passed a lot of horses um and he's bred to keep going uh he's got a he's out of a demon warlock mare and the demons can route and haynesfield of course you know won the jockey club gold cup over blame only horse to be only horse to beat blame that year. That's right. That's right. And uh, so we're we're pretty high on him. Um, we think if he moves forward at all, what what really had me excited was his uh, work uh, that 
final work for this race. He worked on that day. It was sloppy and muddy, and he went 111 and 3 and galloped out really strong. So we're expecting a pretty good run out of him. You know, uh, Dutton, Dutton may just be a freak, and maybe he's unbeatable and uncatchable, but, uh, you know, maybe he won't want to run that far. So we've got to hope that. Uh, but even if we can get in the top three and get him stakes place, we're going to be pretty excited. Yeah, for a second-time starter uh, going in the Gottstein, but, boy, so much to work with off that career debut and the recent training. I happened to see him on the track this morning, and uh, Scott Tubbs was out there watching him. He was kind of marveling at his physicality, and uh, he says he's doing great. Of course, Jeff Metz is your trainer. My Utter Mama's a Paint by Hainesfield out of In Vitro. Uh, after hearing all this, Vince, are you, do you think you should have had him a little lower in the morning line? I don't. What is the morning line on him? He's ten to one. <laughs> so I mean, it, with a when you get a ten horse field and you got an even money horse, it doesn't leave a lot for right. anybody else odds wise. But no, yeah. I took I took it into account. He showed a lot of promise in his debut, and I think there will be he will get some action in the race. Yeah. And yeah. Even go ahead. Him at 10, he's still the. I think you still had him as the fourth favorite, even at ten to one. So. Um, you gave him a little bit of love there. Yeah, Juan Gutierrez back aboard for Mets. Juan wrote him in his debut. Boy, he really finished well. Of course, you can catch the replays at emeralddowns.com, free replays there. Uh, just go to emeralddowns.com and go to racing and uh, look at the replays. That race was the 6th on September 9th. And uh, both the horses that finished ahead of him, Coastal Kid, also trained by Mets, and Naval Escort are both coming back into the Gottstein, and both of those horses uh, uh, yeah, look fairly solid as well. Uh, Coastal Kid came from off the pace to win easily. A lot of horses had trouble in that race. And that was one of the highest-rated maiden races we've had here okay. this meet. It, it, uh, it looked like it going in, and they, and they all ran that way. It was a uh, pretty fast race, too, so I thought it was a pretty, pretty good debut for uh, the— uh, the Jeff Metz horses in that race. And also Naval Escort continues to improve too. Boy, it's nice to have a promising two-year-old uh, among your runners, uh, isn't it, Tim? It sure is. You know, it's, uh, it, it's a chance to dream about how good they might be. So it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. And I know all of our partners are uh, pretty amped up for that race. Well, if all your partners are on My Utter Mama's a Paint or part of a little less talk, they've had a couple of really fun seasons here at Emerald Downs. I'm sure there's a couple that are in on both. So, uh, hey, yep. really, hey, one more thing. Uh, the name of the book, once again, and where it's able to be found, uh, it's a great kid's book, and uh, Christmas actually isn't all that far away. Yeah, it's, it's doing really well, Joe. And, you know, we, I had uh, dreams of getting it in uh, gift shops at all the racetracks mm. across the country. The thing kind of knocked that one down. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but it's called Baby Haynes, and place to buy it is on bookbaby.com on their bookstore. You can also get it on Amazon, but it just takes a little while longer. Okay, Baby Haynes, story of my utter mama's a paint who is in the Gottstein on Thursday. And uh, Tim, hey, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, good luck to you in your breeding and racing operation. Uh, you have been hanging in there and doing a great job, and you've been rewarded as well with some good horses. Hey, I appreciate you having me, and I appreciate all of my partners that help make it happen and our, our friends that are doing such great work with our horses. Thanks, Tim. See you on Thursday. We'll see you Thursday. 
Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Tim Floyd joining us. Uh, anybody would be proud to be part of a little less talk. And my utter mama's a paint. Certainly uh, exciting possibilities from her as well. Uh, hey, let's uh, let's go ahead and do some trivia here. Why not? Uh, last week's question was, who is Emerald Downs third all-time leading sire of races one? We know that Harbor the Gold passed uh, Sloodle Dew earlier this meet, and Harbor the Gold is running away with things again this year, Vince. 31 wins? 31. I think uh, Coast Guard second with 18, so he's got a pretty pretty comfortable lead. Yeah, that's a good total for Coast Guard as well. So Harbor the Gold now with 430, Sloodle Dew with 412, and uh, just got to go back a few years. Basket Weave is number three. Uh, we had a couple guests in there. I know Warren, who's uh, won this thing at least three times. He guessed Cahill Road, who happens to be number, a very good guess. number yeah. four. But Basket Weave, 340 wins. He was our leader in 1999 and 2000, had a tremendous run. He ran in the Long Acres Mile a couple of times in the Long Acres era, Basket Weave did. He sure did, yeah, towards the end there. Uh-huh. A very, a very good horse, I think, came from back east originally, right, Joe? Yes, he did. So Basket Weave's number three all-time. Harbor the Gold, number one, and uh, moving forward on that. And uh, let's see, what else? How about a stat for this week? You got a stat for us? Okay, yeah. I had one that was kind of interesting. The Muckleshoot Tribal Classic used to be the Washington Championship, of course. This is uh, the 25th running at Emerald Downs. Favorites are 15 for 24 in the race at uh, Emerald Downs. Which is interesting because who will be the favorite this year? I mean, I think any of the five could go favored. They're spanned, I think, between five to two and nine to two on the morning line, and then McCall Lane at eight. So that was a very difficult line to come up with. I think Elliott Bay is a, a mild morning line favorite, but that could go a lot of different ways. So, <laughs> so favorites usually we usually kind of you know like with Striker PhD and some of these other ones, we've kind of had a real standout on paper going in, which is why the favorites I think have done so well. But this year. Is it's very difficult. Yeah, whenever the uh, mile's been won by a Washington bred, uh, often they come back as a heavy favorite. Yes. Uh, the Press, a horse that's named after you. And Jacob, yeah. Jacob Polowitz. Actually. He could go favored. Yeah, he ran super in the mile, got up for third. He won a Washington Cup race in 2016. He did. Beat he... Mach 1 rules, and uh, he's really in good form this year, and uh, he wouldn't surprise me. The press has only run a mile and a 16th once. That was 2017, the year after he won the Washington Cup over Mach 1 Rules. He finished fourth in the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic behind Mach 1 Rules, who was really good that year. Dedicated to you and Mike Mann's gold. Mike Mann's gold in on uh, Thursday. He is, yeah. I'll be picking against him later. Mike Mann's gold, second start of the year. He, a lot of people, are, I think, will be looking at him as a potential pace play in that race. He's the, the leading Washington Cup participant, along with Wasserman. They both run in seven Washington Cups. Wow. Mike Mansgold won one of those. Wasserman won a couple. That's, a, that's an amazing stat, because, of course, that everyone is. knows you don't begin racing till two, which means you got to be still going strong at eight. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Mike Mansgold, of course, our track's all-time leading winner, 22 victories over this oval. Um there's only two three-time Washington Cup winners, and those happen to be... Striker PhD and Madame Pelé, who are out of the same yeah. damn striking, striking scholar. That's right. They are brother and sister. That's uh, quite the feat for 
for that broodmare, and he she is still uh, putting out horses. Uh, uh, no, no, oh, I can't remember. No slow mo. No slow mo down by at uh, Uncle Mo. Yeah, yeah, almost got up. I've been waiting for that horse to come back again. So I hope the horse is doing okay. It's with Mark Glad. I think it's owned by Todd and Sean Hansen. Yeah. He and actually ran in the Del Mar Derby. Is it? Yeah, was a big. Uh, big long shot as a maiden a big long shot which was asking a lot and, yep. and you know he you and i both joe have seen him run and as you pointed out he's got that nice athletic looking stride as he's going down the back stretch and he can eat up some ground so i think he's still got some pretty high hopes with that one okay so the washington cup uh coming up on thursday at emerald downs we do have a uh jackpot pick seven carryover the 20 cent jackpot pick seven for Wednesday has a carryover of $9,600. So pick seven jackpot wagers. That'll be races three through nine on, uh, actually two through nine. No, three through nine. Three through nine on Wednesday, yeah. There we go. I was right the first time. All right. Let's take a short time out, and we'll come back with owner uh, Jeff Lusk as, uh, boy, he's got some angles to talk about here on Washington Cup Week at Emerald Downs. We'll be right back. Muckleshoot Casino is your destination for more than 3,000 gaming machines, action-packed table games, and the largest smoke-free area in the state, plus a newly remodeled casino floor and new center bar. Use your player's club card to earn points for free play, meals, or cash back. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Visit us online to learn more about our safety measures. Coming up on Washington Cup Week at Emerald Downs, we've got the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic and the Washington Cup Philly and Mare race on Thursday, as well as the Godstein Futurity. And uh, quite the buildup for the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic this year. Uh, Three-year-old Unmatchable's in there. He has not, uh, well, we haven't had a three-year-old winner of the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic since it began at Emerald Downs. And Gold Crusher, another three-year-old in there, and uh, not to be slighting him because he beat Unmatchable in the Muckleshoot Derby just a few weeks back. Papa's golden boy, Elliot Bay McCall Lane, who won a Washington Cup race last year. The press, so a heck of a buildup. And the Lusk family has uh, enjoyed the 2020 season at Emerald Downs as well as anybody can. Of course, uh, fans not allowed, but they are owners and active participants in morning training as best as they can there. And uh, joining us on Horse Racing Northwest is owner Jeff Lusk. Jeff, good afternoon. Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having us on. You bet. Uh, you know, Papa's golden boy, we've just marveled at him this year. He, uh, one of the faster horses, really, we've ever seen at Emerald Downs in sprints. Uh, his time, his finishes. Um, tell us about his development, because he wasn't overly impressive as a three-year-old last year. No, you know, we bought him as a yearling, and, uh, you know, just based off of Vince uh, Gibson kind of that he knew the breeding a little bit, and uh, we just loved how he looked. So as a two-year-old, we had high hopes. You know, we were going to come in with this big, beautiful Harbor the Gold horse, and he just never really grew into himself. Um, you know, it, it, it was, he was just growing too much, and we just had to pull him out, put him back at the barn, um, back there in Eatonville. And then as a three-year-old, you know, we had a little bit of the same stuff. It was like he was still kind of coming into himself, and but his knees were tight, and he was ready to run, so we let him go, and... We had a couple of trips that we thought, you know, he just 
didn't get the favorable uh, trip. Um, towards the end of the year, he just looked like he was getting a little bit better, a little bit better, but he still wasn't quite, like, really showing off what he had. And then this year, you know, we, we let him out. And uh, I think pretty much everybody in the barn and, and everybody in this house over here was blown away at, like, where did this speed come from? Like, <laughs> we knew he was fast, but we never saw that coming. And, you know, the, the next decision was, well, where did we put him? You know, do we do we put him back in a claimer? Was that a once in a lifetime race? Who knew? And then, you know, he goes out and does it again, and we're like, okay, he's he's grown into himself. He's for real this year. So then, then the the bigger talks of stakes races and and so on being, you know, a realistic situation for us. Papa's Golden Boy by Harbor the Gold out of Brookie Girl by Proud Citizen purchased by the Lusks at the sale uh three years ago he's a four-year-old now and while he was trying to develop and break his maiden last year as a three-year-old you had a two-year-old by the name of gold crusher who was his full younger brother and uh hey you won with him last year correct we did we we brought him out for his uh first trip out and bad break but he he finished real hard and we thought we could get away with a throwing him in another 25,000 claimer, but uh, Chad Christensen had uh, another another idea about that one. So we ended up losing him, and we were pretty bummed about that. And I'm not going to lie, we were a little bit sour about losing him, but uh, we knew it was part of it, and we've been rooting for him this year. It's been nice to see him develop into a nice little colt. Well, yeah, you lost him for 25000 which is a high-claiming number, but uh, one uh, consolation to that day which was August of 2019, is he did win that race by about five lengths. So, yeah, afterwards you're thinking, ooh, maybe we didn't really need to lose him, but you did get paid pretty nicely since you purchased him for only 5000 So, yep. uh, Gold Crusher has gone on to be awful good this year. Of course, a grass win at Golden Gate uh, before coming up to Emerald Downs and two really good races he's traded decisions with unmatchable but he's going to be a formidable foe on thursday jeff we knew this day was going to come at some point and we we were we talked about it earlier in the year you know it's like ah we don't really want to race against him right now we want to see him both go through the year we thought like they were both still pretty green as far as racehorses they didn't have a whole lot under their belts we wanted to see him get some races and we kind of were thinking, well, maybe at the end of the year we'll meet with, you know, a race of some sort, and we'll see who's got the better colt right now. <laughs> Jeff, it's been really impressive to me, especially, when, you know, a lot of times these speed horses, crazy speed like your horse has, it's a little tough on the stretch up, but he kind of showed he fit with that run in the Mount Rainier, and then you probably had to pinch yourself to realize you were in the Long Acres Mile. Yeah, we did. You know, it's my dad and I work together, and every day, you know, leading up to training or to the first race this year, we play this what if game. Like, oh, what if Papa can come out and break his maiden? What if Papa mm-hmm. can run a stakes race? And then, you know, Long Acre Mile comes around, and we're like, man, we actually have a shot to be in the money, you know. And we knew that another twist of fate, if he was in any sort of racing form, that he was going to be the class of the class in that race. But, uh, you know, I think that. We were pretty happy with how he ran. It was his first time going two turns, and we just we weren't sure what to expect. Um, you know, speed sometimes holds. Sometimes, you know, they end up in the back of the pack. And we were happy, though. Overall, I think he raced a hard race. He gave everything he could. And um, hopefully Gary Wells learned a little bit of something about him on running two turns, and we'll see what he does next week. 
Yeah, Papa's golden boy uh, fought back for a little bit there against another twist of fate as as he went to the lead in the mile, did Papa's golden boy and set some legitimate fractions as he can. And another twist of fate was uh, much too much for everybody. But uh, yeah, it's got to be a learning experience. First time around two turns. And I know Vince Gibson, your trainer, your very capable and able trainer, and jockey Gary Wales in the Mount Rainier, in which you were a very close second after huge splits to Elliott Bay. Um, you didn't really want to mess around with them, they said, because uh, we just let him pretty much fly in these sprints, and he's been able to open up these big leads and, and actually win pretty easily. So uh, no strategy change for the Mount Rainier in that sprint, but tried to slow him down a little bit for the mile, did you? Jeff, are you with us? Yep, I lost okay. you just at the end there, oh, just okay. about uh, trying to slow him down for the mile, you said? Yeah, I, I, that must have been a little bit, hopefully, in the plans. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we we went back and forth. To, you know, Do we let him just kind of open up and run his race, or do we try to hold him back and, uh, and, and actually race a smart mile? And we brought Gary out to do a workout, because he said in the Mount Rainier that, you know, he tried to slow him down, but he wanted to fight him on it a little bit. So we wanted Gary to come out and get a workout on him and say, hey, let him break, slow him down, and kick him loose on, you know, down the stretch and just be comfortable with you know, him and the horse. And he said it was a good workout. Um, and then it showed in the mile he did settle in pretty good. They were still fast fractions, but uh, we knew that to slow him down anymore, I mean, with the horses that were behind him, like they weren't going to let him get too slow. Yeah, exactly. That's for sure. Uh, Papa's golden boy looks like he's been training well since the uh, Long Acres Mile, Jeff. Yep, he is. I think we're ready. Um, I know we're all excited, and I think uh, the six-horse field, I think it's going to be a fun race down to the end there. I think everybody's going to be pretty close. Yeah, as Vince Brune has said, uh, the morning line, uh, we do have a favorite in Elliott Bay, but uh, it wouldn't be too surprising who went favorite in here among several horses. And, hey, it's I know you guys have been, enjoyed the season, and uh, Papa's Golden Boy has been a big part of that. Uh, thanks for your participation in local thoroughbred racing, and, and best of luck on Thursday, Jeff. Thank you much. We thank you guys as well. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Jeff, Take it easy. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff Lusk joining us, uh, the son of Gary Lusk. And, yeah, they are uh, frequent as best, best they can here in 2020 uh, watching training and racing. And uh, that is really quite a turnaround from those maiden efforts of 2019 from Papa's Golden Boy into the racehorse he's become. Yeah, and I'm with Jeff. Like, where did that speed come from? Because as we've mentioned, you know, we've had some fast horses here, but he's he's among the real handful of fastest of the fast. I mean, we used to have an owner's handicap here, and he would have been any kind of price in that race, Joe. Boy, no kidding. Uh, yeah, he can open up, uh, you know, 43 flat to the half in the Mount Rainier. Elliott Bay just got by him in the very end. Yeah, that and, was a heartbreaker. And uh, the race before that, that allowance, he opened up 12, 6, 12. That was uh, 43 and 1 to the half. So, um, yeah, this is going to really be an interesting race. It is. Muckleshoot Tribal Classic. Jeff Lusk joining us uh, along with Tim Floyd. Hey, I didn't give out the new trivia question. And uh, so the new question is, what's the biggest $2 mutual payoff in Washington Cup history? 
started in 2003, the Washington Cup, and we have had some awesome history in those races in those days. And uh, I think Vince knows the answer to this one, but he can't give it away. So send your answers into trivia at emeralddowns.com, the biggest $2 mutual payoff in Washington Cup history. And that involves quite a few races now. We've had uh, six a year, somewhat five, six races a year, going back for what, uh, 18 years? Yeah, about 100 races probably. Yeah. Okay. This this payoff was something. In fact, so much so. All right, all right. No more hints. I told the track photographer I need a picture of this for the media guy. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) And uh, we'll keep in mind the fastest mile and a 16th for a two-year-old in Emerald Downs history as we approach Thursday's Gottstein. Positive Prize won that Gottstein in 2004. He was a really good two-year-old in the barn of Tim McKenna. He went 141-2. and two. That's the fastest mile and a 16th. We do have a couple Phillies in the Gottstein as well, don't we? Phillies have won four times at Emerald Downs, yeah. three in the last nine years. So you, you got to take a look at them when they're in. Yeah. Uh, who are those Phillies? Easy silence for trainer Mike Puich, a daughter of Constitution, who ran on really well in the Shinpo as a first-time starter, finished fourth of eight in that race. Gary Wales back up, and Ms. Lynn has been an iron horse for trainer Roy Lum. She's four of six in the money, and she's coming off a maiden win. She can pass horses. Yes, and I saw Ron Bowman, the owner, coming in this morning, and he said, we're in there because we think she can get the mile, and that's a good point. None of them have gone a mile, and as you say, Joe, she's been finishing, so why not? She has, yeah. Ms. Lynn for uh, trainer Roy Lum, and uh, let's see, who is she by? She's by Lynchpin, elusive quality stallion out of Point, Point to Harbor. Point to Harbor was Ron's horse. Get some talent. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you give away the weekly honors from last I week? I did not. Let me okay. go through those real quickly here. Um, the Jockey of the Week, Joe, Francisco Diaz-Lopez. Congratulations to him. First win of the meet aboard Peace Prince. Charles Essex has been on a real roll. couple of wins. Benchmark 32, owners of Majestic Cafe are owners of the week. And then Unmatchable by Macho Uno out of Point of Reference is our Wabred of the Week. Interesting thing on this, Joe, Leslie Mowing's taking over because Javier Matias is writing Gold Crusher in this one. Uh, Leslie Mowing scored the first five wins on point of reference in her racing career. I looked up her lifetime PP, so he wrote her mama to a lot of wins. That's nice work. That's nice work right there. Mowing aboard in the Washington Cup. So, uh, yeah, unmatchable with a rider change, but uh, Leslie Mowing will be pleased to get on that three-year-old uh, Washington bred second in, or he won a Washington Cup race last year as well. That was his career, first career first start. First career, and then ran second in the Gottstein. Yeah, you know, a, a question there is, I don't. Maybe Matias wanted to ride Gold Crusher, or maybe they didn't know this horse was coming back, and they had given out the call already. That's it's one of those situations. One of you those know? two possibilities. Okay, let's have a couple picks before we conclude horse racing Northwest for this week. Um, you came up with Malibu Mistress on Thursday and uh, took her a while to get there, but she got there. She was a winner, uh, really ran well, too, because she had to go a little bit wide in the mud, but the Jeff Metz runner broke her maiden coming out of a stakes race, so you scored on Thursday. No I, great price there. I had, uh, I've always said on Wednesday in the last, and uh, not so good there. I had some good picks on Wednesday, but not that one. I know you had Tomorrow's Mine you gave out on the air, right? That was, was one, a $20 yeah. $20 horse at least. And Tumac Mountain, you know, I've gone to the well a few times on him. He's run quite a few times. Uh, he was in that super competitive race won by Fuzzy Dolphin. 
on Thursday. Uh, he didn't perform all that well in the mud that day. But uh, So you were one for one last week. You were busy. You didn't pick on Wednesday, I don't think. We had a you? scratch. Oh, a scratch. So, yeah. So uh, we want to go to Wednesday here, Joe? Yeah. Okay, I'll go with uh, race eight here. This is a 7,500 claimer, 3,500 starters, six and a half furlongs. I like number seven, guarding the money at seven to two. I think if you throw out the routes, all the sprints have been good, especially with Alex Cruz riding. Right. Draws outside in a race. I think Mike Mann's goal, as I said earlier, looks like probably the controlling speed in here. Um, but I, you know, this horse has run well against owner's prestige and pure pursuit last time ran the fastest six of the meet drawn outside. I think guarding the money, going to get a good trip and could get the money. Uh, he is no surprise when he runs a big race, which is fairly often for trainer Jose Navarro. So you have guarding the money on Wednesday. I'm going to go to Miso fast in the fourth race. Uh, that's a pretty competitive event, but, uh, he's coming off a strong third, uh, he can pass horses. He can stalk. There's speed to run at in there. Howard Belvoir, Jennifer Whitaker, I'll take me so fast in the fourth. And on to Thursday, I'm going to take my utter mama's a paint. All uh, right. Again, uh, uh, real impressive in his debut. He ran down the stretch so well. Got the two-turn breeding. Uh, Second-time starter. Not impossible, as we saw last year in the Godstein. Uh, pretty wide-open race after Dutton. If Dutton has a little bit of uh, lateness there in that mile and 16th distance, I look for my utter, uh, my utter mama's uh, paint to come home quickly at the 10 to 1 morning line. How about you? Okay, in race, I guess it's a G week for me. I'll go to race 9 right after the Gottstein. This is a really good 20 claimer at 6 furlongs. One of our favorites, Joe. Grinder sparks a glow. Mm. Number 8 at 5 to 1 on the morning line he's been finishing pretty well in his races and getting getting overlooked at the window i think he's over six this year but he keeps trying every race top company yeah yeah tough races several several really sharp horses wheel rally bullet drill older brother of dutton by the way uh buckley bay and a big x factor in here take charge deputy who beat barkley earlier in the meet and is now in for twenty thousand. I think Grinder Sparks Aglow will live up to his name here and grind out a victory. Okay, Grinder Sparks Aglow for you on Thursday. There's some selections here on Horse Racing Northwest, along with a lot of other stuff, thanks to our guests today, Tim Floyd and Jeff Lusk. It's uh, Washington Cup Week, Gottstein Futurity. Big day on Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific. But before that, an excellent card on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest.